So far, I don't give a shit about Thanos, so that's kind of a bad start for oh, me. Oh, don't worry. Film. You will. No. You will give a shit about Thanos. That's what they're banking on. Would it be sweet if they just killed him off in the beginning of the second Infinity Wars film, like uh, happens with Crossbones in this film? It'd be even better if they just killed him off in between movies. <laughs> and just didn't have Off screen? Yeah. And then there's just a... Like, like the first scene, of is, it's a crawling, just like Star Wars. Uh, Thanos had disappeared. <laughs> Ant-Man is more funny than Deadpool. I'd actually pretty much be on board with that. Yep, because he's not trying so hard. Also, too, he's a very small part of this film. Which... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not trying yes to fight you, no. but I'm saying... I'm not trying to fight you on this. But, but I will fuck but... you up. Yeah. <laughs> But what I'm trying to Not say is just... What, yeah. <laughs> DC is occupied entirely by sociopaths in costumes. What? They're the bad guys. It's what they do. That was like the best Margot Robbie impression I think anyone's ever done. So that was great. <laughs> wow. yeah. Shut up, Rocky. Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, the guys review the 13th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is Captain America Civil War. You know what I hate about myself? I know what people taste like. I know that babies taste best. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hello there again, everybody, and welcome back into Film Tank. This is episode 63, right? Yeah, I think so. It's, that sounds about yeah. right. If not? not, then that's fine. We're losing count. It's okay. Yeah. We'll amend it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're all one in a million anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Film Tank Accords. So. That was a nice little Philomena reference. Mm. It's not possible that full people are one in a million. <laughs> <laughs> Those two other voices you hear are Nick Cheney and Toussaint Egan. Shock- shocking that they're on this episode since they're usually not here. It's shocking that I'm on this episode because I don't care about these movies. That's true, but <sighs> I think maybe you at least were a little more interested in this one uh, than some of the previous. But we'll we'll get to that. Maybe in, we'll get to that in just a minute. We're not going to do any uh, any weekend review or any other segments today since uh, Captain America: Civil War was kind of a big deal, as it's one of the biggest films of the year in terms of popularity probably uh and this film was directed by uh, anthony and joe russo who directed the winter soldier and they will also be directing the two infinity wars films they also directed a couple of episodes of community i think not just a couple they were one of the premier or not premier but prominent directors they they essentially i think they directed remedial uh, chaos theory well i i don't know about that uh, I was going to say they directed, I believe. Uh, nope, that was somebody else. Never mind. Hmm. So anyways, <laughs> uh, getting back to Captain America Civil War, directed by the Russos, uh, it is about political interference in the Avengers' activities, which causes a rift between former allies Captain America and Iron Man. 
Uh, the film stars Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Sebastian Stan, Scarlett Johansson, Anthony Mackie, Don Cheadle, Jeremy Renner, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Rudd, Emily Van Camp, Tom Holland, Danielle Bruhl, Frank Grillo, William Hurt, Martin Freeman, Marisa Tomei, John Slattery, Hope Davers, Alfred Woodward, and a cast of others. And that's our episode. See you guys. <laughs> The worst part is this is just the third Captain America movie. You haven't gotten to the Infinity Wars films that are going to have all the characters. So. It doesn't even feel like Captain America's movie, even though it is. I actually kind of disagree with you, but we'll get to that. Okay. We, we'll get to that. This job. We try to save as many people as we can. Sometimes that doesn't mean everybody. But you don't give up. New York, Washington, D.C., Sokovia. Okay, that's enough. Captain, people are afraid. That's why I'm here. We need to be put in check. Whatever form that takes, I'm game. I'm sorry, Tony. If I see a situation pointed south, I can't ignore it. Sometimes I wish I could. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I know we're not perfect. But the safest hands are still our own. I think we were all kind of hesitant about this film as the MCU has uh, had a little bit of a decline in the last few films, uh, even to the most interested viewer, I would say people are a little bit turned off by the fact that these are coming out at a unfortunately record pace and they seem to be getting a little stale. Um, and I, I feel like for the most part, uh, the, general consensus for this film has been that it was a little bit better than a couple of the recent outputs from Marvel. So we'll get away from the general consensus and get into what our consensus is because that's what we do here. So who wants to go first? Um, I just want to say really quickly because I brought it up earlier and I'm not going to not offer a <clears throat> ending point, but 
I was going to say, and it turns out I was actually right, even when I thought I was wrong, that they mm-hmm. directed the pilot of Community, and they did, and not only that, but and I was that's what I was originally thinking, but they pretty much, if you look at especially that first season, it was either Anthony or Joe Russo directing, besides, oh. besides like Justin Lin, where he was also directing, but yeah, they, they were pretty much the person who created the visual language for that show. That's very interesting. Just Thank wanted you, to throw that out there as far as yeah. humble, humble beginnings, and that's why you see people from Community pop up, like in this movie, Civil War, you have Dean Pelton, uh, Jim Rash yeah. uh, show up to sell his hot dog idea to Tony Stark. Or Abed um, showing up in, in Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there because uh, if there are certain people listening, they would be embarrassed if I did not finish that thought on community. That's okay. Would you like to go first? Sure. Cool. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, it's always okay. Aw. Well, I, yeah, I think maybe I should go first okay. because um, obviously everybody here knows that I love superhero movies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Now, let's see. Um, uh, I got to say that I think this is one of Marvel's better outputs uh, Mm -hmm. in this, you know, in this stretch, so to speak. We're in, what, phase three now? Yeah. 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 This was the beginning of phase? I don't know. I honestly don't care either. Um or was but, Ant-Man the be- No, that was that was phase 2. If yeah. Ant-Man is the beginning of phase 3. No, because they included trouble. it. Yeah. Rem- it doesn't matter. It no, really it, it really doesn't. So, the whole phase thing is kind yeah. of done. So, yeah. I don't I think they can just stop doing that. But anyways, anyway, phase 3. Uh so yeah, here we are. Um I like this better than I've liked quite a bit of Mar- Marvel's recent output. I was not a fan of The Winter Soldier almost at all. I only saw it once, so maybe I need to revisit it. Uh, but I did not understand the hype for that. Uh, Age of Ultron was even more of a letdown, I th- but I wouldn't call it a letdown because I wasn't really expecting much. <laughs> they don't really do much for me to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so naturally, before I went into this, I was thinking that this might be one of the worst ones I've ever seen because it was supposed to have a uh, feature so many characters and a lot of movies were pretty much designed solely to shall we say get people to this movie like Ant-Man's first movie and even like Scarlet Witches and Quicksilver well even though he's not in this but like Vision Vision like all that from Ultron pretty much seemed like they were. It was only in that movie, just so that way Set it would have this. a precedent for this movie. Well, yeah. unfortunately, that's pretty much been what they've done since the first Avengers film. They so. have, and yet it never felt like this much was riding on one of their movies, as far as like being a culmination. Hmm. Like even Age of Ultron, which is certainly a movie that has a lot that gets set up before it, still felt like they could have did Age of Ultron. Uh, at almost any point in the Marvel continuity. I, I don't mean that literally, but... I, I agree, because what brings all those characters together at the end of, of Avengers and leading into, like, Age of Ultron, like, I, I could I could very easily... I, I've actually forgotten the immediate films that per, were preceding Age of Ultron, and I feel like I could still, like, frankly understand it. They're working together, they're yeah. killing Hydra, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that. but there weren't that many, were there... I guess Dark World, Guardians of the Galaxy, Winter Soldier, which isn't even in this collection yet. Winter Soldier, Dark World, Iron Man three. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. But as I was saying, that this is the first movie where it felt like you had to have seen those previous movies. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen any of the Thor movies, but I can perfectly, pretty much understand because he's not in the this. Avengers movies. And oh, I was, but, I was no. Say. But as far as like how they relate to each other, but here. Had I not seen The Winter Soldier, had I not seen Iron Man 3, had I not seen uh, 
even Ant-Man, not to understand the plot, but to, like, get that introduction, and Age of Ultron to understand Wanda, you know, whatever. Like, those, this is the first time where I actually felt like they were somewhat paying off their promise to have a shared universe and a continuity. I will say this about the Vision and, um... Scarlet Witch that if you hadn't seen Age of Ultron it would have been very confusing because there's no even like slight introduction to them at all they're just there who's this purple robot man with an (laughs) ascot and a dad sweater just like walking through walls and invading people's personal space and not that they needed to have an introduction or anything like that but it they just like are just there like they are already part of the team right off the bat oh here's the let's it's time to play how little Nick knows about Marvel and even when he's seen these movies that's fine (laughs) so is that the envision- that is the Mind Stone. Is in that his head. an Infinity Stone? Yes. Okay. Dude, I literally went on a rant about this <laughs> in our Age of Ultron episode. I didn't yeah. understand what the fuck was going on with that. I, um, I barely. I was kind of drunk when we watched that. We movie. were all kind of drunk. It was the only way we could get through it. Because there's there's the Mind Stone. There's oh god, he's naming the stones now. What, there's whatever, but it that, is one of the Infinity yes, Stones that they there's talk the purple about. one that's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, there's, there's the, the tes- Tesseract. Yep. There's the Ether, which is in the Red Stone. Um, Thor: The Dark World. Oh. Yeah. And those movies matter. Yeah, apparently. No, they don't. But they will, yeah. and they they have to eventually go for these Infinity Stones. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so. So uh, having said all that, uh, maybe I got a little long-winded in my wind-up, but um, I got to say, all that was basically making me hate this before I saw it. Having seen it, I have to concede to two different schools of thought, which is that A, this is one of my favorite Marvel Marvel Studios, uh, not including anything outside mm-hmm. of what their continuity and all their phases and shit. This is one of my favorite things they've done, and at the same time, even when I see it at what I would consider peak form, uh, once again, I'm left in the dark as to how much I truly enjoy these movies, but I will admit that there, there were a few bright spots in this movie that I've genuinely been wanting from Marvel movies, and one of them is action. Uh, not that action has been not in past movies. Well, we and now when you say action, what are you referring to? Because the first few action sequences, because I believe there are five major ones, and the first three are a little annoying. I think. I, no, and I agree with that, and, okay. and that's because obviously I don't have a lot of great things to say about <laughs> it. But one thing I liked about the action in this movie was that a I actually felt like there was enough action. Like, I know that sounds bad because I think some people really get into these characters and whatnot, whereas I'm, because I don't get into these characters, <laughs> I want to see them hitting each other or other people. So I thought that there was actually quite enough action. I mean, there's at least four big set pieces, not like mini ones that only last like a minute or two, but... No, I think there's five. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good, if you're going to have a two and a half hour runtime, then at least use it and... uh Whatnot. So I, I like the amount of action, and B, despite the problems that you bring up, which I agree with, um, I thought the action was maybe at its most competent, which probably doesn't say much for how I feel about the action in previous installments, because I don't think it's perfect here, because every time I was wowed by a, a motion or something, I was also then kind of dumbstruck by how quick especially in those first two to three action set pieces, how quick we are to cut at the moment of impact, which is really confusing sometimes. I think that's what killed me, is that um, 
I thought the actual like action moves that yeah. they did in this film were far superior than most everything that they've oh, yeah. done previously. Like Captain America jumping off of uh, the railing in the apartment and sliding down it to kick somebody through a door was awesome. Yeah. But the fast motion camera work that was used for it was awful. Okay. And it, it, it ruined that scene. Isn't this exciting, guys? You don't get to actually see him punch it, but you get it, to imagine it, looks, it, though. It looks ridiculous. It, it does. It looks like it's on that weird, like, Benny Hill kind of yeah. camera uh, speed. And it's, it's not... It's, I, I can it, understand high speed. What I can't understand is when you pair high speed with fast cuts like you because of the fact that earlier in uh, earlier marvel installments part of my problem with the staging of the action was that it would be close-ups here we i'm not saying there aren't close-ups but they're actually quite a i would say good they, the camera does keep their distance now if we could just get the camera to a stop moving and b to not go from shot to shot as fast as i want I think, to then I think the, the, we're getting closer to to what i would like to see from marvel the biggest problem i have with with the entire sort of collection of that is that i feel like marvel's aware that that isn't great and and why what makes me think that is that the two biggest action scenes of the film the most pivotal and frankly probably the best which is the airport scene and then the final battle between captain america winter soldier and iron man both don't really have much of that which is bizarre that that would be chosen i do know of a reason for that which is that i believe i read somewhere online today and of course i don't have my source with me anymore but that the airport scene was filmed with different cameras and it's also basically test and preparation for infinity wars so if you like the airport scene it seems like that is the visual direction of what infinity wars will be filmed like yeah because you can actually enjoy what you're watching agreed yeah no (laughs) the the airport scene is for sure the, the epitome and the best like Example of it, but even when it was bad, it was I was enjoying it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like to 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 explain it even more purely, in the Winter Soldier movie, I, I didn't care for when that movie opens and Captain America is running on the boat and he does that first like flying high kick. Like even if I don't like that movie, I remember that moment. This movie gave me a ton of those moments, like where I was like, oh, that's cool, I like that, whatever. So it's just the fact that he was able to repeat uh, moments of. Sure, joy and whatnot. I, I was thankful for that. Yeah, like um, Sharon Carter getting flipped into the table by the Winter Soldier was awesome. Yeah, and there were, was, there, oh, yeah. there were a lot of moments like that, and, yeah. and I agree. But then for all those moments, there are the moments of watching Black Panther run through the highway, and I'm like, why is he running at 50 miles per hour? This is stupid. Actually, <laughs> there is a reason for why Black Panther can actually Okay, that. but it wasn't just him. See, it's, that's that, that's, that's well, sort of my problem. The reason why... The, well, Please the, don't. Have you not seen, like, Captain America First Avenger where he's literally chasing after a fucking departing yeah, plane? Yeah, but he didn't look – it did not look as comically ridiculous as it did. Are you sure? You might want to check back on that Yeah, place. I mean, I have no problem with the speed of anybody okay. in this movie simply because they're, like, I've given up a long time ago. It just looks as... ridiculous in this context, I guess. Maybe maybe that Well, it, I guess it was just – the, the the whole package together of watching the quick cutting scene and then seeing falling down straight from there and falling into the frame I, I don't know it's just some about it that just didn't didn't do it for me for yeah. that but I'm I know that Tucson has very strong feelings to the positive about Black Panther so I'm not gonna well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. step on your D too hard on that one yeah. because but I'm you know it was it was just one of the things that I didn't love yeah but, that's fine yeah. And then the only other thing I'll say before I pass it off to more general for you guys is mm-hmm. that 
putting the action aside, I did appreciate that I would say that the movie tries. I, I don't know if I call it a success, but tries to weigh the conflict on emotional stakes uh, over plot stakes. In fact, I think the thing that this movie is going to get heavily criticized for is one of the things I liked, which is the non-entity of the villain, because I thought it was thematically appropriate, mm-hmm. and also just, like, it, that's he should be that in a movie that's focused on Captain America versus Tony Stark. My only reservations, and the reason why I don't think this film really seceded, was because it took a great premise, which is Tony and Captain America fighting over political ideologies, and it basically became emotionally manipulative, and that problem becomes completely incidental and unfortunately discarded in favor of trying to actually have them fight each other and not simply fight. Which... Absolutely, I agree. Which... I think we're on a little bit of different sides on that because also Civil War, War for Film Tank. <laughs> uh, you I guys. thought I was your friend. <laughs> Better so recruit somebody. <laughs> so here's what I'll say about that. And, and I, I guess my feeling on the, on the matter is that Tony and Steve Rogers are fighting over the Winter Soldier for the most part throughout the film. Well, for, for, they're for, not. They were yes, fighting over yes. something else as well. And I'm not trying yes to fight you, no. but I'm saying... That... <laughs> I'm not trying to fight you on this. But, but I will fuck, fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what I'm trying to say is just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one of the problems, I think, of this conflict is that they are fighting about something different, about three different things at any given time. They're either fighting about Bucky, about the Accords, or at the end, they're fighting about the fact that Tony's parents were killed by Bucky, which I know right. still has to do with Bucky, but yeah. it's completely different rationale as to why someone... It's more personal, whereas right, right. like when right. you're just like... Which ch- has been the problem for Iron Man ever since Iron Man 2, is that there isn't really much personal stake for him in any of these films anymore. Yeah. But then why would we introduce it as a deus ex machina to get him to essentially start fighting because like when he was already prone to fight like he has to back down on his own political ideologies simply because of the twist that he finally understands that uh, the villain is setting Bucky up but yeah. then they just have to insert it and I'm not saying it's like a out of nowhere twist because I can see how they set it up throughout the movie but it's still a writer's tool just to regain the status quo of this conflict I think the reason why they finally decided to explicate what happened to Tony's parents is because that's literally been the 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 albatross of of a lot of a lot a lot of the 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 fringe elements of the Iron Man series. I mean, even like going back as far as like Iron Man 1 or Iron Man 2 where he goes through the uh, the archival footage um and sees his father like actually yes. like building that entire like like theme stage that's supposed to be like a schematic for the new like arc reactor and stuff. Like where is his father? Like where is his parents? Like what happened? Like I'll say two things in response to that, which yeah. is that a, I will admit just as a caveat, I'm not seeing Iron Man too. So that can inform my whole in this subject. So yeah. But my response to that is this is Captain America Civil War. Oh, it's is it though? No, but I'm just saying, like, I, I thought the movie was doing a pretty good job, even if yes, it's Steve versus yeah. uh Tony, so it's True. obviously about both of them, but that this was Steve's However, fight. And then once that moment comes, I would say Steve's stakes in the battle becomes kind of irrelevant because he's just on the defensive. How, however, I mean, this, this is like 
just adding another layer to the entire film of Tony Stark getting shit on throughout this entire film. Because not only do we have him giving away basically his freedom to do what he wants, which has been like his main thing the entire time, and he's the one who gives it away. Uh, he's also lost Pepper Potts, who has left him because she's tired of his bullshit. Or because the actress uh, doesn't want to okay. do it anymore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's keep it which, 100. Which, which is fair, for sure. <laughs> uh, his best friend gets shot down by Vision, who is his other best friend. Uh, his so, best friend robot. Right. So everything completely goes to shit you for You forgot the actual inciting incident. It's the uh, the the, the African American mother who shows him the picture of her son. Which I gotta say, two things about that scene. Oh, actually, a couple things about that. scene. <laughs> you got a lot to say about that scene. Um, a, w- w- was she having a stroke? Because I don't understand why she's no, just standing was, in the back room, was, staring at an elevator that she hasn't clicked, hoping that Tony Stark will tell the producers of his show that he's gonna go to the bathroom, but not actually go to the bathroom. That's called staging. Yeah, that's called and, reading the script. Uh, B, uh, when she reaches into her purse and Tony thinks she's reaching for a gun, that's racial profiling. And C, <laughs> the um. Uh, the, the fact, like, I don't even mind that scene as a dramatic beat, but the fact that Tony would then take it to the Avengers and, like, throw it up in their face as if this has really gotten to him, I don't know that I bought that, like, only because then, once again, we're not, this isn't personal, this is just what I would call bad screenwriting, is, like, they needed something for him to shout about, so yeah. they gave him an African-American shot dead or crumbled under a building or whatever it was. Yeah, that um, was not a great part of the film. But that's but his moment. Like that's that's, I, I, that's essentially why he'll sign the accords. Again, so didn't didn't care for it. No, um, and I don't know how anyone could. I will say though, kind of wrapping up really quickly, talking about the the ending reveal, which I quite enjoyed. What? Oh, I thought we were doing roundtable. I'm sorry. We are, but but I'm I'm wrapping up this okay current conversation about. Right. The, we're done with the episode, man. You <laughs> yeah, missed it. You didn't even have to be here, man. This fucking guy. I'm like Spider Man. <laughs> wow. So, uh, but we get this, this I thought, pretty cool reveal. And, and you, Nick, told me that you thought it was so obvious. And I guess I maybe I'm just an idiot. Like, I was actually not surprised, but I was like, oh, shit, really? Wow. I was not expecting that. I didn't think it was stupid. I actually thought that was um, was pretty pretty awesome up until the fact when tony decided to turn to captain america and be like did you know and the captain's like yeah i knew it's like when the fuck did he know it's like oh yeah it was supposed to happen off screen at, like after the fact between winter soldier and age of ultron even though it's never hinted at at all what? well she does give him the the file right and yeah yeah, so, so black yeah black widow gave him some type of folder that had like so black widow knew too I don't know. No, I don't. I, I, don't, I don't think know. that was set up for that. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. So actually, I have a question though because I genuinely don't understand what what they mean because he doesn't say yes right away. He said, "Did you know?" And then he said something. I didn't know it with them. And then he goes, "Did you know?" And then he goes, "Yes." Like what? Is that? I don't under, Like I literally don't understand what that means. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that, that that part, I guess, is he a knew that hazy. Hydra had killed Tony's parents, but he didn't know it was necessarily bucky up until that point so suppose yeah i yeah i just i just liked it i thought it was a cool reveal i thought that part was stupid in 
what the, I, I didn't think the, 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 I didn't think the reveal was stupid. I okay. thought that like the revelation about like Captain America knew all along, yeah, just kind of deflated I, all that. I, shit I could for me. I could actually I could get on board with that. He's that was not the great. the tie-in between. I thought it was fucking Bucky. stupid. Yeah, no, yeah, no. no. I, I I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, I am talking about the tie-in between Bucky being the one who killed Tony's parents. Which I actually, I actually like, and I think it again it it brings personal stakes to it for Tony that you guys seem to not care for, which I actually thought was kind of interesting. I, I don't even, mind the personal stakes. Yeah, I just, yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't mind the personal stakes. Uh, I just think that this entire film. Can, can I kind of go yeah, into like my, my general impressions about this film? Okay, nope. so I. I don't. I don't think I have to to restate kind of sort of my my attitude about superhero films after our Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice episode. But just to sum it up, like I kind of left out of that whole film and discussion, kind of spiritually defeated by the superhero genre. I didn't. I honestly did not want to go see another one, and so that kind of like set the table for what I was going into with Civil War, even though I was sort of incrementally getting excited because I'm excited to see characters like T'Challa, uh, Black Panther, because I've learned a lot more about him like in recent weeks. I wanted to see Spider-Man. I wanted to see Vision because he had a cool dad sweater. Um, so I went into this film, and I thought that it was it was okay. Um, and my one of my main contentions with it is just kind of the what kind of Nick pointed out where it, it starts out as this kind of like ideological tussle between the, the two consciences, the conscience of the Avengers, which is Steve Rogers and Iron Man talking about whether or not they should sign these accords, which is pr- pretty much been consented by like 117 countries, like part of the United nations that they should have some type of supervisory like intervention, like on part and not just act as a, a, U.S.-based private peacekeeping organization that ends up causing massive amounts of collateral damage and death. I, I think that mostly, like, I, I thought that was the most compelling part for me, like, going into it because that's sort of, like, at least in spirit, the premise of the actual source material, Civil War, which does not which does not have the title of Captain America preceding it. It's just called Civil War. Um and I also think that Civil War, as, as the concept of the original comics, is one of the defining moments of this contemporary Captain America. So I thought it would be kind of cool in this this context. But that entire Civil War thing is just sort of like pushed to the backdrop in order for these superheroes just to beat the shit out of one another. And I didn't like that. I thought that was fucking stupid. I thought that they they sort of – they state their thesis statement and they don't actually like have a point-counterpoint. It's more of like punch-counterpunch. And I thought that was – I, I actually wanted to like pace this out because I feel like there's there's been a lot of lead up in the in the sort of pseudo marketing of this film and I don't usually want to talk about marketing when I'm talking about the main text of a film, but you have people on Twitter being asked like, Who do you side for? Are you Captain America or are you Iron Man? Are you team Sokovia Courts or team anti Sovia Courts? And I think that the the main reason why 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 there's a problem about how this is framed in the actual film is that it's conflating the the central conflict of the film which is the Sokovia Accords which is basically asking the Avengers to take responsibility and have some type of supervisory oversight from a, a, a power that is larger than them which is the power of the United Nations versus in the comics where it's basically asking private citizens who happen to be born with special powers to register themselves to be part of a private like para extra military army and I think that is 
I, I think conflating those two is absolutely absolutely ridiculous. And I, and I think that's that's part of the problem, like leading up into actually going into this film. I mean, when it comes to my personal like opinion about that, because I don't know if you guys actually have a side in this. Like I've already talked about this before, but no surprise, I side with Black Panther, not because he's Black Panther. Wait, no, okay. hold on, you say First you ball, side with Black Panther? He doesn't have a side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Black say. Panther has his side. No, no. Black Panther but, has his side. No, okay, he has his see, side. He has one line of dialogue. No, he doesn't. You, Dude, you, don't. Okay, now let's just back up here just for Do a second. Do you want me to defend that? We we know you like Black Panther. Yeah. And it's not because he's black. It's because you like his character. Yeah. And I will. No. He also happens to be black. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay, okay. We know you like Black Panther. Okay. However, when you say he has his own side, oh, yes, what exactly? No. Okay. You're going to have to <laughs> explain that a little bit better. Okay. So when, when Black Widow goes to, uh, what is it? It's... When they go to like sign the actual chords, and she meets like uh, King T'Chaka in in T'Challa, right? And she asks T'Challa, "Is like, what do you think of these accords?" And it's just like he says, and I I agree with him. It's like in principle, yes, I agree with them. The politics is what I don't agree with, and I and I totally fucking agree with that. I, right. I think anybody can say that. That's like the Sweden, you know? No, that's whatever. not that's not the Sweden thing. It's, it's like, basically I, trying to appease you, both camps. I'm I'm not even trying to appease both camps when I'm saying that. I'm not saying you. that there should there should be there should be. There should be supervisory oversight for the Avengers, but what they should have done is actually like start advocating for themselves instead of like having the this this director of the UN just like come in and give them this bum deal. Why don't they negotiate it? Wasn't that Captain's kind of point of view? Like he doesn't want to answer to like Wait, and now you're you're saying that about T'Challa, but at the also, same time, he, he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. No, I, I, I was going to just say, how about how about this? How about T'Challa is not on Team Sokovia or Team Anti Sokovia? Maybe he's on Team Kill Fucking Winter Soldier because he killed his fucking people and killed his okay. father. Yeah, yeah that, that, again, I'm on that, his that, side. That, okay. So you have to be on Iron Man's side then. Too, I don't right? have to be on Iron Man's side. You kind of do. Well, it's not the matter don't. of. But hold on, like let's let's just point out in case the listener might be a little confused. Like that's just, that's not a side to the story. That's a subplot. Like right. the, the the debate is over. The like we're talking about this because. Because throughout the entire thing, like he doesn't voice actual support for the actual Sokovia Accords. No, I know. And I, when, I, it, he doesn't even care about being in this universe. The only thing that he cares about, he doesn't even care about saving people. He's the defender of Wakanda, which is an isolationist fortress well, nation. In this movie, he's not even that. He's yeah. just a person trying to avenge his father. I, right. I don't understand. When he meets up with Clint at the at the fucking like airport and he says, oh, we haven't met each other. I'm Clint. I don't care. Right. You want to know why? Because he doesn't fucking care. No, who, because who, he, he's who, only yeah, there to... Who is he fighting but, but the hey, entire fight? Let, let's, he's fighting Winter let, Soldier. Let, let, let's, That's just and, reading so much into... I, I I'm not say, reading so much into for, it because for, he's only focusing on... He's for, only single-mindedly for, focusing on Winter Soldier. For the... Right. Per, for, for the for the person who reads way too much into everything, which is me, I think I agree with Nick that you're reading way too much. In, and well, yeah, I guess I'll, I won't say that you're reading too much into it because I never want just. And I'm not saying that just because you're saying. Uh-huh. What an <laughs> asshole! I don't want to say that anybody, yourself included, is interpreting this wrong. Or so I guess I'll backtrack and say that I believe everything you're pointing out. My interpretation okay. of that is that. He doesn't like this movie. Does not support any type of political ideology from him. 
besides his two lines about how he supports humans over, uh, you know. It only supports his duty to Wakanda and the fact that he's trying to avenge his father. Right, and I'm and I say it's even pretty much strongly only emphasis on the especially because he has that monologue that says I've been consumed by vengeance, which mm-hmm. essentially says everything I've done in this movie comes back to that plot point. Like, yeah. Not like he says, "Oh, you know what? In my way, and or in my support." Or non-support of the Sokovia Accord. Exactly. I've lost track. It's like no, in in my his support which, or non-support. He which support which I guess one. is going back right. to why I say you have you have to kind of be on Iron Man's side in terms of what he does at the end of the film because he's basically doing the same thing. See, that's I I don't believe in in this this stark dichotomy for the fact that it's well it's it's, okay. it's dumb and I can well, understand no. what you're saying, but then that, that's why I think me and Alex. We got a little bit confused because I don't understand how I'm on Black Panther's side is a reaction <laughs> to which side are you because on? Because I it's empathize one... with what he wants. Yeah. Because I empathize because it's very. But he doesn't really it's a, have it's a, a very simple motivation. I want to avenge my father right, right, right. and which avenge is the, my which, country. Right. Tony Stark's motivation at the end of the film is very simple. Oh, oh is Iron Man trying to re- to revenge Wakanda? To revenge? No, see, no. What, you you keep going from one to the other, and every just, time we get to the other. Okay, so you just jump to Iron Man. Okay, so sorry. No, no, but I'm saying like I think what Alex is trying to say is that if you're on team of and I'm just going to say it. That's fine. I'm Go ahead. Put okay. words in your mouth because I believe is what you were going to say. Okay. If, like, I think he's saying by association, mm-hmm. if you're a pro or on Team Black Panther, even though that's not a hashtag, <laughs> you also, by association, you should. Yeah. You also, by association, are on Team Cap because if if you are rooting for the man who's consumed by vengeance, ultimately this third act Hinges on a man consumed by vengeance. Which, which is Team Iron Man, not Team Cap. Right. I mean, I know that's not what the movie was going for the entire time, but it, I believe that's what Alex was trying to say as far well, as... Well, I'm saying that you, you kind of like... Team Vengeance? No, it's not Team Vengeance. It's it's you were saying you, you like because all he cares about is trying to avenge his father... Which it, and and you keep bringing it back to Wakanda, but he's, in that specific instance, all he's caring about <laughs> is, is his dead father, right? So, I don't. I'm going to have to disagree about that. So, well, okay. uh, it's 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 fine. Um, you just say you like Black Panther. And I, that's, I, and that's I, I do like Black Panther. I just kind of disagree about that reading about his motivations because I just. But I, you're, you're the I one know said- I know a lot about this character, and I think that right. a lot of that actually does come through in the actual film itself. And so. that's the thing: as someone who's never read the comic, as myself, yeah, uh, just I'm only judging this as a movie, and okay. I'm not saying that you can't bring knowledge of comics into. But a by virtue of doing that, you have yeah. to then uh, you have to then acknowledge the contradictions and the you know what I mean. So yeah. so as someone who's not bringing any of that in there, uh, first of all, just so I understand where. Um, just answer me two questions just mm-hmm. so that I actually understand this. The opening thing with the center of diseases, that's in where? That's it's in Nigeria. Okay. Lagos. And the Lagos, that's right. And the bombing in the UN thing, that's where? In... I just don't remember. They had these some really European country. Okay. <laughs> that's what they had on the inner title, the bold like inner title, some the... European country. Like Berlin? Uh, yeah, Berlin. No, no, it's not Berlin. Not Berlin. No. Okay, well, anyway, um, and just as my final statement as to why I don't know that this movie really backs up the whole Wakanda thing, what does Wakanda have to do with this plot? What does Wakanda have to do? Because they're, the- they're traditionally an isolationist country, and Scarlet Witch 
inadvertently kills one of the first like goodwill like like mission groups right, that they've right. sent he there was... in ages. And that was in Lagos. In Lagos. When and... she right, lifted right, right. up um when she lifted up Deathstroke and exploded that side of that building, she ended up killing like okay. eight oh, or so, so Wakanda nationals. Wait, wait, wait. Which is what brings them right, right. into the actual like concept. And so when he met up with uh Natasha, Black Widow mm-hmm. If I truly felt like this was a Wakanda thing and not his father thing, I felt like his anger would have already come out from the very first time he met face-to-face with an Avenger who mm-hmm. was there the day of. Because he's already there and he's already like, no, man, it's cool. I'm so I'm just glad we're here to talk about this, even if this isn't the most perfect solution. Because this anger doesn't actually, and his dog in the fight doesn't actually come until his father's blown up, I don't see how Wakanda has anything to do with this particular like narrative that, and that's the only reason why I'm saying I have a hard time reading into that now, story w- w- now when it comes to actually talking about Wakanda and the, the place that Black Panther comes from I think um, the ma- the material that comes from Wakanda is actually the one of the most important parts of this entire story it's the reason why Wakanda is an isolationist country it's the reason why you it's it's not really spelled out but you can actually see it in the in the sort of like beginning uh intertitle like 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 epilogue where you see like winter soldier being put into that tube um Wakanda in the universe of the Marvel universe is one of the most technologically advanced countries in the world simply for the fact that that entire country is founded on a mine of vibranium which is the most advanced and strongest metal which in the world is why one of the very best images i thought of the entire film even though the whole dialogue surrounding was terrible but when captain america drops his shield at the end of the film mm-hmm. and we see his shield which is made from vibranium yeah. With the scratch marks from Black Panther on it, I thought was just awesome. Because Black Panther's actual like suit, entire suit is made out of vibranium. Right. Which weave. is yeah. which was what made it cool. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah, yeah. that's why he's bulletproof. Well, no, no, no. I, I'm saying that's what that was. I do as far as the image of Captain Shield, and I I remember the scratches, but I thought that was like when did those come? Uh, he scratches his shield at some point. Airport. Because I generally don't remember seeing those scratches until the scene he drops his shield. No, he does. It, it happens. It? It, I promise, it does because I watched. No, 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 it the no. no. I'm time. saying like I don't like I don't remember seeing like the scratches in the shield itself. Oh no, they're like, there. Okay. Airport. Yeah. I just and, until he drops them, that's when I first notice it because I'm yeah. not paying yeah. that hard. So it, so that's a Black Panther thing mm-hmm. and not a. Uh, I was thinking that was just from the final fight of no. like, uh, which makes sense because they they look like scratches yeah. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like there's there's a re- there's. At least two different reasons why Wakanda is actually like brought from the fringes into actually like being in the spotlight in this film. It's not only because of what happened on that Goodwill mission in Lagos, but it's also because Ulysses Claw stole vibranium and sold it to Ultron to make those 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 evil Iron Legion people. So Wakanda has been in the MCU. Yes, in oh, okay. in Age of Ultron. Okay, and, and I don't Ulysses Claw was in from... Age of Ultron. I remember that name. Yeah. <laughs> Ulysses Claw was played not in CGI form by, by Andy, Andy Serkis. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Um, Do you have more solo thoughts you wanted to talk about, Tucson? More solo thoughts. Um, I thought that Spider-Man was really cool. I enjoy his portrayal in this because ultimately it kind of echoes to his actual first like comic book um, appearance where he's basically just the schmuck who gets his ass kicked by other more experienced superheroes. And I thought that that's a really 
very interesting and very awesome like story story point to start him on his eventual arc to becoming the Spider-Man that we know. So I really enjoyed that. And uh, Tony Stark's entire arc, like kind of culminating in what I thought was like one line of dialogue when he's actually arguing with, uh, with Steve Rogers when he's talking about, it's like, I'm trying to do what needs to be done in order to, to stop something worse from happening. It's like, that's what that's been his modus operandi for the past, like three fucking films. It's been the, 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 the propulsion for him behind making Ultron. It's been the propulsion behind him making the Iron Legion to begin with so he could be everywhere at once. It's been the propulsion by, behind him eventually taking on the, the stewardship of being the benefactor for the Avengers because he always knew that they needed to be Avengers. But because before that in Iron Man 2, he's pretty much the villain of that fucking film. He has nobody to blame but himself for egging on other people and – actually like escalating the situation to the point that it got as bad as it did. We're talking about so Iron I, Man 3 or Iron Man 2? Iron Man 2. We're talking about the one with Ivan Whiplash. Yeah, right? Ivan oh, Whiplash. Yeah. Okay. It's like so eventually that's him like kind of like atoning from his whole bad boy attitude where he feels like feels like he can either stand apart from the world or carry the entire world on his shoulders. Now, no, he's literally when in 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 Age of Ultron when Scarlett Johansson like makes him no no Scarlet Witch makes him go into like that that weird like fugue dream like what is his greatest fear that the actual aliens that Loki like led to Earth and Avengers will come back and they will come back so he's trying to like stop that and he realizes that if he does not concede to the United Nations in signing these accords, there won't be an Avengers. And if there's no more Avengers, when they come, there will be no more Earth. So he's trying to do what needs to be done to stop something worse from happening. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the, I thought that was an interesting it, – it's, it's finally a, a, a full circle moment from him just being kind of like this, this isolationist, like libertarian asshole to kind of like shouldering the brunt of the entire world and eventually like giving it over to the world to decide how he should actually defend them. Yeah, you know, I prefer the asshole Tony Stark, so more of that, please. Yeah, that's not going to work anymore. That's not anymore. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. I agree with Tucson in the sense that I, <clears throat> I'm all for that setup and, uh, and like, what that brings to the story and whatnot. And that's, that's ultimately why I'm also not on board with the third act revelation, just because that goes out the window. Not in the sense that he devolves or anything, but that just doesn't matter by the end of the movie. I guess... Because you know, it overrides I, any... I, 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 I can't say that it doesn't, only because I... I guess you guys aren't agreeing with me, but I do believe in the first Infinity War film there will be separate factions of the Avengers, which I'm actually kind of interested in. Probably, yeah. It, and it's not even that I don't agree or don't believe. I just, like, I could see it going any which way. Yeah, and um, I, I guess it can. Yeah. But I feel like the end of this film makes it seem like there will be two different groups of the Avengers, go, which which I feel like is I would, a, a wrinkle that was thrown into this that yeah. I, is not, like, something that no one could have thought of. But at least it has me a little more interested in the fact that there would be two films. That's for why the I'm Infinity confused, Wars. though, about the ending, which is that I agree with you on that. That's what the ending seems to suggest, except for the fact that Steve Rogers in his letter goes, "But call me if you need me." Which is basically when things get so fucking bad that you you need me. Which is when Thanos and all of those people show up. Right, but I'm just saying, like having that be the final statement just kind of dampens that idea of like yeah, because... that they're no longer together. But it's like, no, but hey, man, you but, know, like, call me, it... beat me. You know how to reach me. Like, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> call me. Maybe they're no, all. I was they're... doing a reappropriation of the Kim Possible theme lyrics. Oh yeah, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, 
I'm, I'm at least more intrigued for the next film now than I was beforehand, even though I didn't feel like this entire film was all set up, which some of the previous films have been. Did you have some more, Toussaint? Yeah, the whole uh, Baron Zemo uh, storyline was... I, I I think that that's one thing that Nick really enjoyed, that he was so kind of like incidental to this whole like in in the backdrop of this and kind of like just working as a puppet master to sort of like help corral them. But was he really a puppet master? It seems like he just kind of like walked into a very convenient situation that he happened to be I'll say this. Like a part of. And it, just like I'll say this. The reason why I liked him was that, A, I thought it was thematically appropriate because it was a great concurrent storyline to the the accord storyline of how the avengers are blind to what's happening right under their noses mm-hmm. and and what they're ignoring uh, as far as the personal versus the uh you know larger than life stakes so yeah. I, I like that that was happening and it's because they weren't paying close enough attention to who they hurt like it's a much better version of the uh, the woman at the elevator as far as like because it's essentially the same storyline yeah. as mm-hmm. motivation whatever but it's actually built up and whatnot and and b um, in a year of Batman v Superman coming out, this is like what Lex Luthor tried to do, but was actually able to do competently. Like, Simply I have no idea how Lex coincidence. Lu- what out of coincidence though? I mean, well, I'm not saying it doesn't, but I'm just saying um, it, it, it at least makes sense. Like, even if it's uh, you know, yeah, coincidence, far fetched. A lot of this yeah. shit. Is this would have been a lot easier if it was a week ago. Is what Sam Wilson said. Is like, yeah, we could have just like hunted this guy down if if not for these fucking like Sokovia courts. Yeah. 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 So, Alex, what are your general thoughts? Well, I am a large fan of superhero films. You are large. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was I'm horrible. Sh- I am horrible. You're not a nice person. I'm not. <laughs> Why do you keep a grief? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm a fan of uh, specifically the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which um, I, I actually did a ranking of all 13 films, and I've pretty much decided that only two of them I would say I wasn't a huge fan of. So Which ones? Which two? Uh, Ant-Man I was just okay with, mm-hmm. and Iron Man 2, which is by far the worst film Whoa. of the 13. Yep. You, uh, Ant-Man is like way down there with Iron Man 2? Well, it's like... It's like 12 and then there's a long distance and then 13 oh, okay like iron man is I mean, by not f- like defending ant-man as far as that it was that good or anything like that i just don't but... care about the character yeah, for, for the most part i've only seen it once so that's yeah. probably part of the problem but i uh, you know anyway. go going in uh i there's really no secret i love iron man he's um, by far my second favorite superhero and easily my favorite in the mcu so i was Obviously happy to see lots of Tony Stark throughout this film, especially the uh, snickerish Tony Stark who shows up at, at certain points. And it's, for me, totally great as it's been pretty much throughout the entirety of the series. Uh, and there are a lot of other parts of this film that I was way on board for. Really quick to address one that I wasn't, which was the villain, which for me, villains are a huge part of these films. So when you basically don't have one. It kind of takes away a little bit from the film for me. Although I will say that the, the idea of what they did with the villain in this film completely worked. Uh, just, I would have preferred to see another villain but that was actually like a real I'm villain. I'm curious so. as to where a villain as what I don't you're know. describing would Can't actually fit. <laughs> so you, okay. Iron Man. Because the, the whole villain. idea as far as what they were selling and even. Did you just say Iron Man was the villain? Yeah. Or or Steve Rogers, depending on what side you're on. I think Black Panther was a villain. I was gonna say. Really? Let's. Well, no. No. Um, but like, I, I, I know I'm just gonna retread what I just said, but 
one of the reasons why I did like this quote unquote villain was that because there there really was no room for one, so that's why his <laughs> There was no room for it's honestly there's it, no room for as far it. as like, you know, time constraints and also if you're gonna sell me on like the idea that this is going to be a personal battle, then we can't have them then all of a sudden either join hands and fight a and that's true. Enemy. And 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 that's why I'm like half agreeing with what you're saying because on the one hand, I love villains in the films. Like, Red Skull in Captain America First Avenger is my shit. Like, I really do genuinely like a lot of that film, but most of it it's because of Hugo Weaving's Red Skull character. Uh, and uh, there have been some other villains that were, were pretty good, some not so much. In fact, lots of villains in the MCU That's been that was my other point, is that... A lot M- of them I can't remember. MCU has a horrible track record, yeah. record of villains, so... Like adding another one to this movie really would have been another worse idea. Because... I mean, I can't. I can't even remember the name of the character that Lee Pace plays in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so Ronin? forgettable. Uh, Ronan was that his name? I believe so. Okay, you've got Ronan. You've got Malekith and Thor: The Dark World. He looks I like mean, somebody named Thanos. N- no, Thanos is well. Thanos has been whatever. Uh, like I think he was. Lee I think pa- he was. Yeah, Lee Pace's character like. He's blue. He's got black stuff coming out a, of his he's got, eyes. He's got a hammer. He's got a hammer. He looks like the the one little alien from I'm Blue, Baba D, Babu Die. I don't know. So He's not a good villain. No, Most not. of them aren't. Yeah. Uh, but the Zemo thing, I kind of ha- was on the fence about that because I agree with what you're saying, Nick, that there wasn't really room for a major villain throughout this film. At the same time, I like seeing villains work into these stories, especially the. Well, there's going to be like six more Marvel movies. So. I understand. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get my fill on villains, um, but so far I don't. I don't give a shit about Thanos, so that's kind of an, a bad start for oh, me. Oh, don't worry, film. you will. No, you will give a shit about Thanos. That's what they're banking on. I don't think Cannot so. Cannot wait for uh, Thanos' hands of fate. Wouldn't it be sweet if they just killed him off in the beginning of the second Infinity Wars film, like uh, happens with Crossbones in this film? It'd be even better if they just killed him off in between movies. <laughs> and just didn't have Off screen? Wars. Yeah. And then there's just a like, like the one first line scene of is, It's a crawling, just like Star Wars. Uh, Thanos had disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Skywalker's gone. He's missing. I thought most of the characters in this film were, were pretty good. Like, I I was on board with most of what happened with Vision, who I really liked in Age of Ultron, one of the high points of that film. Um, I will say, boy, they really forced Scarlet Witch down everybody's throat in this film, which I, I guess was okay, because we don't really know that much about her character. I have but, thoughts about Scarlet Witch when you're done. Okay. Um, that accent isn't happening anymore, so she needs to just pull a storm from X-Men and just stop doing it, because it is not working out. Speaking of storm, <laughs> speaking of storm, in the original comic universe, guess who Storm is married to? Scarlet Witch. No, Storm is married to T'Challa, because she's actually Wakandan. Okay. Sorry. Do they not allow interracial relationships in uh, the comics? Uh, no, because Wakanda is an African nation and it's like in the heart of Africa. So like, and, and because it's also like one of the only African countries to not actually be touched by colonialism. So there is no actual like British settlers there or anything like that. I think that was a rhetorical question. Yeah. And I think you just, yeah, like way worse than when I, okay. Uh, Um, what I was, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was, I have thoughts about Scarlet Witch and I think people are going to disagree with me, uh, but I'm going to say them anyway, because I'm crazy like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think uh, there is a chance that, and I didn't really think this the first time, but we watched this uh, all, actually we watched this all together uh, a second time together. Mm -hmm. So we've all seen this movie twice, including me. That says a lot. (laughs) It does Um, say a lot. You didn't want to see it at all. No. But uh, I have to say in the second time, the second viewing, I think that the treatment of Scarlet Witch is a little troubling slightly misogynistic Mm -hmm. and frankly just kind of embarrassing because of the fact that uh, I don't understand like this movie never once supports why Tony would lock her up and not just because I know she's the one who does like the fireball like I get that there's that's the causality so to speak but if there's just something kind of gross about a like let's sideline another woman because women they can't control their powers and b the fact that she needs a man to come rescue her like even though she's like for my money like throughout this entire movie she might be the most powerful person in these battles because she can always seem to like out of left field do like the thing that needs to be done that whoever's fighting can actually Could, get couldn't done. stop that mindstone shot that went at uh she wasn't went at focusing on that though she wasn't over yeah i don't yeah. know but well like there's always that but there's always like shots of like that. somebody about to get crushed by this because they can't use their power to do this but then she's there to stop it and scarlet Johan- scarlet witch but she needs a guy with a crossbow to come save her and not only that but literally take her by the hand i don't know there, there's just a weird sick way of uh why did like why she needs to be well sidelined. Can I can I at least offer this bit? Yeah. It's of, a compound bow, not a crossbow. Very sorry. Yeah. Can I at least offer a little bit of, of this? Yeah. Um, I feel like the the Clint thing. I actually kind of disagree with what you're saying on that front, only because he's the one who's almost like her somewhat mentor in Age of Ultron. Um, and I. In age barely remember that. Yeah. Movie, oh yeah, so. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So a and b, you need some way for Clint to be brought into the story. That's so why no I feel like to be here. He, he did show up as far as like yeah to save her so, was because he needed to show up. At the yeah. Movie. yeah. On, on on that front, I'll, I'll disagree with you. Now yeah, on yeah. the on the Tony Stark thing and keeping like Marvel's pretty much pulled no punches about the fact that they really don't care about the female characters no, so and, it's not been it's not been great and yeah. and and on that side of it i i i kind of tony get... stark has done 20 million times worse yeah. <laughs> than what scarlet witch does has. and scarlet has to sit tony know. stark made ultron yeah Tony Stark pretty much made whiplash. He's like, we need to be in check, but bitch, you get in that room. I need to get out of here. I need to check you. There's just something weird about the fact that she's one of two female characters. And, you know, because she's not Scarlett Johansson, she doesn't get to go. Now, I know she does get out and whatever. I I don't even think it is misogynistic. I think it accidentally becomes it in flashes in a way where it's like if Marvel would just fucking try then these problems wouldn't be there so that was just one thought I, I had about before the it's Witch. all said and done there will be a solo Black Widow film yeah they're thinking about it yep. they've announced that they're thinking about it it's gonna happen is I Captain think. Marvel still happening oh yeah that's definitely happening but Black Widow they're thinking about it no I think I think we'll get a Black Widow film at some point okay a re- yeah. couple of things other things other than Elizabeth Olsen's terrible voicing of, of her character which 
came through more because she had more dialogue in this film. So yeah. it just it wasn't great. Mm. Um, the action set pieces we've already hit on. I wasn't crazy about the you know the a lot of the sort of camera work and uh, the sort of photography that was used in the earlier scenes, but the later scenes were really good. Uh, the story wise. I feel like for me, this was one of the times throughout the MCU where I was okay with what the story was throughout, but it really just didn't matter that much to me whether I liked it or not, because I liked a lot of what was happening with the characters in this film. Like the moment when the the music cues up right after they have the sort of like stare down walk towards each other at the airport when they have the awesome fight scene at the airport, which I called one of the best superhero scenes of all time. And I should have had the Mortal Kombat theme. I will firmly stand behind my feelings on that because I love that scene. And when the music kicks in just right and we see all the characters fighting against each other, like for me, it just doesn't get any better than that. It's like one of the one of the like high points for my superhero film viewing history because it's just like everything I would ever want out of a superhero film is these characters just doing what we all believe they would do fighting against each other fighting together doing teamwork having comic quips every now and then it it just was everything i wanted that to be in that 15 minute moment of time especially that small scene just a like the you know 10 second glimpse it was just awesome speaking of comic quips can we just talk about ant-man and how fucking awesome he was in that him him and spider-man i actually was and i know that they were kind of different in terms of how stole the fucking shield bag and he's like i believe this is your Captain america well yeah he's an asshole which is great i which love is, that which is why tony stark needs to be going back to being that full time because him, ant-man is more funny than deadpool i'd actually pretty much be on board with that yeah because he agree. has because he's not trying so hard also, too, he's a very small part of this film. Which... <laughs> <laughs> Except when he's a very large part. Oh! <laughs> but uh, having Ant-Man, you both. <laughs> Ant-Man and Spider-Man be such minor characters in this film just completely accentuated their characters to the nth degree, I felt like. Because I think they both... We're so much better for the fact that we didn't have to spend an entire story, an arc surrounded around them. Like, they were just there, they served their purpose, and they went, and then they were gone. And it was great. I could have... I, I, I was When I was watching it the, the second time, I wanted to, like... I was asking myself, like, how integral would it have been? How, would, would, would Spider-Man be in this actual film? Like, could I reasonably cut out his scenes and cut out his involvement in that final, like, like airport scene? And would the film suffer from it? It was like... No. Is it a little bit better for it? It's like, I think so, because it kind of like introduces this character. And I think that the reason why w- – one of the reasons why I, I enjoy Spider-Man's inclusion and introduction in this film when Tony Stark is just like grilling him. It's like, why do you do what you do? And it's just like, maybe I'm reading into this too much. But this is kind of like how my my interpretation of it is, like when he's talking to, to, to Spider-Man about this. And he's like, you know, I've – I've I've never been very much good at sports is like but I don't want to do sports now because I'm I'm different but I'm also the same and I have to actually like act like who I am so that I can actually protect my secret identity and I feel like he he, he said this is like I feel like if I have these powers and if I don't do something when when bad things happen then I'm part of the reason why those things happen and I feel like Tony like reached out to to Spider-Man in particular because of that attitude because I think that 
at, at least this is how I'm reading it, that, that Spider-Man kind of like reminds Tony Stark of, of Steve Rogers. That sounds like Steve Rogers, though. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I guess. Uh, I'll, a, no, no, a little I'll bit. admit one thing, which yeah. is that I, I agree and disagree in the sense that I think he picked him because he's Spider-Man. And he, <laughs> he's fucking Spider-Man. Saying, you know, as far as whatever, that's why he started the grill. I will admit when he said that, if Antonio looks at him, yeah. I do think he thought he was looking at a young Steve. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm with you there because I genuinely did get that vibe from yeah. that moment and that for for that moment, he his empathy switched to the other side of the fight yeah. even though he's getting ready to, you know, fight his side. He wants that kid to be sort of like one of the the – the olive branches are sort of like the ambassadors to kind of like bring right. Steve back over to his side. Yeah, and I like the idea that I think he would bring a kid almost to like appeal to Steve's like good nature mm-hmm. side, whatever. Which, and I do. They're both think, from New York. Yeah, and I think that that's why they get that moment together, as far as where like Steve is like they're fighting, and Steve like they have that connection. You know, you got a heart, kid, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll say that I in this movie, as far as what we're talking about right now. I loved Ant Man, um, mm. the character. Yeah. I thought every single line of his was gold. Uh, God, when he's in- I'm shaking your hand too hard. You're <laughs> gonna need to take this into the shop. <laughs> when he's yes, when he's in Tony's yeah. suit, and he said, uh, "It's your conscience. We don't speak that much these days." <laughs> like I was, I was actually cracking I'm up your very hard. Um, Spider Man, I will say, was hit and miss in the sense that I thought some lines were funny, some lines were trying. Dude, you too have hard. a metal arm. Like, that was good. I, like those were, I thought, organic outbursts of comedy. You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> that was good. The whole Disney trying to tie into Star Wars I thought was pretty stupid. That was uh, dumb. Not like in the action of what they were doing, but that whole, I don't understand why he would ask, do you guys know that really old movie, Star Wars? Because they introduced him as No, a, the very old movie, The Empire. Right, The Empire Strike. Right. But he, um, they introduced him as a retro person. Like he puts together circuit boards and whatever. So like... Does he really not know? Yeah, like he, it was just yeah. that was Marvel trying to play you, up. You the guys ever heard of the most ubiquitous science yeah. fiction like fantasy series of all time? You guys ever read that old book, the Bible? Like <laughs> it's just one of the stupidest things I've ever no, heard. I, uh, I, I, I guess it just I, when it comes to Ant Man and Spider Man, Spider Man just bugged me more. Oh, <laughs> you and that laugh. But I, I just. <laughs> <laughs> Ant Man and Spider Man, um, two pretty much incidental characters. <laughs> pretty much two <laughs> incidental characters in this film were the high points for me, which I think says a lot about superhero films in general. Like I, I don't need this grand story. Like, uh, um, too bad you're gonna get it. That's fine. Tucson's <laughs> talking about his feelings on T'Challa. Like I honestly could not care less because we're talking about a fantasy place in africa like i i yeah. i can't get emotionally involved in too people. much <laughs> don't even don't even took the words right out of my mouth. continue alex <laughs> no so but i i love the idea of just superheroes just doing what they are supposed to do which is fighting and having comedic lines and being interesting characters and I know it all. Bleeds. You mean not killing innocent people and then trying to like pass it off as being for the greater good? Yeah. You saying that DC is a little, little mopey? I'm little... saying that DC is occupied entirely by sociopaths in costumes. What? They're the bad guys. It's what they do. I mean, every single one of them. One of them is a bad guy. I like. I like how you. Uh, 
that was like the best Margot Robbie impression I think anyone's ever done. So that was great. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was really good. I've been practicing in front of the mirror. I was going to say, it's going to be really awesome when you um, bring back the scene from uh, Wolf of Wall Street when she presents herself to Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, yeah, that'll be on our Instagram page. <laughs> yep. Son of a bitch. Shut up, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I I just um I guess to really just quickly put my because we've gotten a little bit off track of just doing solo thoughts, but I really did enjoy this film quite a bit. I think this film really tried pretty hard to be about Captain America Civil War and not about leading up to uh the Infinity Wars. I have to give Marvel some sort of credit because I felt like there was in no way any possibility that Thanos would not make an appearance at the end of this film, and he's not even mentioned in any part of this film, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. There's no, there, there's there's no direct direct correlation between him and these events. I like understand, it. but for a series that has been so obsessed with setting up the next film, they did not take any sort of it, chance to do that. It could have happened. It could have been like Scarlet Witch or Vision would catch the vapors and they would have a fucking vision like, oh, Thanos. Right. Or he would show up for the, whatever. It, I, I'm just saying. It's going like, to happen in Doctor Strange though. Don't care. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying it, it's, it's something that I was very surprised by that Marvel went out of their way to make this story about this story in, in my opinion. And I, I like that they did that for the first time in a long time. And I like that they made a film that I can enjoy watching multiple times that I don't have to a think about too much, even though there's some definitely some heavy things happening here, especially Fucking the Winter Soldier uh, choking Tony's mom to death, which was horrifying for the children in front of us who had to. Were that crying. was my favorite part. You in are the theater. a monster. I don't give a shit. It was I. I, I knew like I, I didn't think about it until like right before that scene. As soon as the videotape started, I'm like, oh, and I turned to Alex. And I'm like, oh, uh, what what's gonna happen? And then like Winter Soldier just beats Tony's father's face in and then chokes his mother and like the the row in front of us the parents just kind of like lift the hands their hands over their children's the, eyes the, the one kid just starts bawling yeah. like it was it was i mean in that they, that image of in they needed to see it <laughs> that image of somebody's metal arm and his hand going all the way around uh-huh. a dying woman's throat that was pretty that was pretty up there. For Welcome a... to the death of innocence. <laughs> hey, quick question. Yeah, because I genuinely don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, was has Hope Davis been Howard? Uh, not Howard, but uh, Tony Stark's mom before? I would. I'm just curious. I would like to Actually, say because no. I like I, Hope Davis. I don't think so, but okay. I'm going so to find like the, out for you. I was just curious about the first appearance. We've of, only seen uh, what's his name from seen, John yeah. Slattery's been in a yeah. couple. I times. love Jan- John Slattery. I do as well. Yeah, he's uh, great. How about Martin Freeman showing up for no apparent yeah, what, reason? Like when he showed <laughs> up, I'm like, huh? like because I forgot be in the Black he Panther was going to be in it. But I was just you know who else is going to be in the Black Panther movie? Black Panther. I would assume so. Yeah. And um, uh, what's his name? Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yep. Um, Are they gonna team up like buddies? Um, I don't. I don't really think so. I. I, I honestly think that he's. The gonna, answer is no. I hope they. I was, he's going, I was gonna say. I don't remember. He's going it. to stay on ice until the Infinity War films. I don't. I. I wouldn't count on it. Mm. I don't think. I don't think Marvel's got the. Uh, I don't the think, restraint. No. 
No, I don't think they so. Don't Especially think so. when they set it up in a I would previous love film a end credits somewhat. teaser to be like, like you know, it the camera turns on and we're inside that lab with the ice, and all of a sudden the camera just zooms in on his frozen body, and then we just see his finger twitch a little bit, and then just wouldn't <laughs> it? And I, I mean, I have to say this: wouldn't it be kind of awesome if like Ulysses Claw does something really horrible? And somehow... Um, In the comics, he's the one who actually kills uh, King T'Chaka, yes. so I don't know what the fuck Spoilers. else he could do. Okay, so wouldn't it be awesome if somehow they get his arm, because this is his right arm or his left arm that gets uh, taken off? Because wouldn't it be sweet if his arm that he has, mechanical arm that he has, somehow ends up on the Winter Soldier? Fuck, that'd be awesome. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if it could happen. I'm just thinking... Spitball in here. Yeah, that's in. That, oh, that's right. He doesn't have his arm anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Tony will make a new one. You would oh, think I'm so. Su- I'm sure Tony they're, will make. They're his, best buds now. Yeah, they're best buds. <laughs> yeah. Just call, just call them. Just call them. But right. that that storyline too, at least, is going to throw some sort of uh, a wrench into uh, the infighting that actually might feel somewhat. Somewhat authentic now, going throughout. Because so the yeah, sorry. No, just, I, that, that's I was really going to say the ending is. implies that, well, not implies, but pretty much shows that Steve Rogers went back for the the jailed yes. Avengers, which now includes just the recap: mm-hmm. Clint, uh, Ant Man, Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. and um, Sam Wilson. And Sam Wilson. So, so it's like that's going to be his faction. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. And then you have Iron Man, Vision. War Machine, who will fully be able to walk again after this film's over. Where is Black Widow in all of this? She's with Tony-ish, even though even she, though she kind of at the very end, yeah, she's um, going to be on both sides, both I teams. Think she's on her way to jail. She goes both ways. Probably not. Hey, hey. I got to say, um, the funniest moment I think I've seen in any movie uh, this year. Oh, I was going to say, no, whoa, no, 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 wow, uh, was Tony Stank. I mean. <laughs> That was like, <laughs> there's comedy. A lot of people laughed. And then about above, that above what I consider to be comedy, there's Stan Lee saying Tony stank, and it just doesn't get better than that. I was telling you guys. I, I mean, I can't believe Don Cheadle did that scene with a straight face. I'm beating a dead horse here, but these Stanley okay, things really need to stop. Yeah, God, I'm you're with not going to say that as soon as he's dead, though. Now you're going to wish he had more. Nope. Absolutely nope. not. <laughs> you don't. Nope. Yeah. You don't know me. Speaking of, speaking of Don Cheadle, he's looking old, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's looking a, old. He's looking a little. Is, yeah. I think War Machine yeah. should have actually died him. in this film. I feel like they should have actually like like. I, I, I here's 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 something that I I like about about this film that they were willing to actually like maim one of their main characters, but you know he's just going to bounce back from it. Yeah. I don't know if they're actually going to like examine like. Him having to actually like recover from this, I I, I don't feel like they're. We got that in the last three minutes of this film, but they're not going to give give proper attention to that. And I think right. that's, that's actually disingenuous. And why did you even like do that then? If it's only there to serve as a minor emotional beat, it's like oh now the stakes are real because they hurt my roadie and they also <laughs> killed my parents. But it's not going to well, fucking kill, matter. In I the mean, later someone films. killing someone else's parents is like a. Major part of comic book lore. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Get in line. We, <laughs> um, we you know talk- you could say the same thing about Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, we talked a little bit about it, and I talked about how I absolutely loved it. Um, what did you guys think about the airport scene? And uh, were you? I'm assuming we're not as high on it as I was saying. It's one of the best superhero scenes of all time. But what were your feelings on that scene? And do you hope there is more that is like that in the upcoming Marvel films, especially I'm, the Avenger films? I'm sure there is going to be more stuff like that. I like the the individual like character moments that kind of like came through, especially with like Clint fighting like Black Widow and be like, "Are we still going to be friends?" Is like only depends on how hard you hit me. And then Scarlet Witch stepping in and be like, "You're pulling your punches." Well, no shit, she's my friend. Um, he didn't say that, but that's sort of like paraphrasing. Com- yeah. Paraphrasing, going for that, and then like um, yeah, I was confused about that moment. Spider Spider Man's whole repartee, um, touching back between like Sam Wilson and um, Winter Soldier, who I think like I, I I personally think that one of the funniest moments of this entire film is when they're they're fucking driving the little blue like beetle jalopy, and then it cuts back uh, from from Captain America talking to Sharon Carter. Um, to Sam Wilson and and Winter Soldier in the car and be like, can you move your seat up? I'm like, no. And he, he just comes back to them, just like scooting over a bunch of, bunch of little children. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I got to say, uh, <clears throat> that's one thing I forgot to mention is that who plays Bucky? Uh, that would be Sebastian Stan. Okay. I think he's awful. I think he's mm-hmm. one of the most <laughs> bland people. And here's the thing. Marvel is, is, well... Uh, then he shouldn't be in these franchise because Marvel is so good at casting, and I think at picking like even somebody like Scarlet Witch, who is not a character I like, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But at least I feel like she's Scarlet Witch, whatever that yeah, means. I, 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 but, I'm way more to be able to get behind uh, her playing than if they had like someone like Shailene Woodley playing or something like that. Like yeah. I'm, I'm behind Elizabeth Olsen's casting. I, I with yeah. what you're saying, but uh, the guy who plays Bucky. It maybe it's Bucky the character, but I think it's half Bucky, half Sebastian, whatever his last yeah. name is. But the most boring actor I think I've seen on a, well, like, I think, and I think that's the only reason why that line did work for me when he said, like, "Can you move your seat up?" Because it was like using his stoicness to <laughs> some actual effect. But yeah. uh, that was maybe that's another reason why I wasn't completely on board for this conflict uh, when it got away from the Accords. Is that I can't understand why Steve. I, a, I don't think these movies supported it well enough. But B, he it's just the worst actor to be the linchpin. But I can't understand why Steve is that attached to Bucky, other than because Steve says he's that attached. No, it's to because Bucky. they're childhood friends. And no, and I get that. And I've seen the first adventure, in, in the first adventure, and he feels like that, his, but his, it's, it's a marriage of a horrible performance and horrible writing to actually get to this. Bucky point. was his protector when he was younger and actually stood up for him, and so he kind of like inspired. Like Steve to become the kind of person that he is now and standing up for other people, yeah. and like going going back to your point about like uh, Sebastian, the, the 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 character of of Winter Soldier played by this this actor being so bland, I totally agree with you. And let's just let's just meditate on this thought that had they actually like followed through with the original premise of Civil War, where yeah. they actually killed off Captain he, America, he would have been he would have been Captain America, right? Which wouldn't is good. that be great? No, it would not. And <laughs> and and what you said about him being like his childhood, like I get that that's what's been said in these scripts, and you that's that what Marvel film, like. What you see that in the original film, though? No, for, I, that's what I'm trying to say. Even I, though I don't I, like that film, I, I get that that's what was displayed on screen, but it, it's a marriage of a horrible performance, and I would say just the like trying to rest on monkey do instead of monkey. 
say. You know, like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just so bad. I, I have to say that I definitely think his portrayal of Bucky in the first Captain America film is a very minor character. Uh, is not bad because he's just kind of playing like that side friend kind of thing. Mm. But I will say this for Marvel's sake, and even though uh, in a in a slew of things where they have decided on different characters or whatever. I don't think that they ever thought that the Winter Soldier would have been as pivotal of a character as he has been in the last two films. Yeah. No, and that's that's what it seems like as yeah. far as, like, they're like, well... They're kind of stuck. Oh, not really, though, because just yeah. like with other people, they've just I pushed they do, them aside and cast other people. Recasted, yeah, so... Yeah. You could and, just have um, the, the Winter Soldier thawed out and be a totally different actor, and him saying the exact same line that Don Cheadle says in Iron Man 2, where he's just like, look, I'm here. It's like... Let's just do this. It's like let's just get over it, okay? <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's what they should do. Yeah, well, it's it's actually a little late in the game now because he's been in three films. So no, I know. I, I, <laughs> I was just, just thinking of like it. people I would cast in that role, and this wouldn't be perfect casting. But the only person I because I didn't think about it that hard was be somebody like Channing Tatum who could be that beefy whatever, but also have a personality. Because I'm sorry, but Bucky doesn't like when he gave that speech. He's like. You, you used to put newspapers in your shoes. <laughs> you used to put newspapers in your shoes. I, I Is he Sylvester Stallone now? I don't know what he was, but... You sure got a pretty a mouth. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Get in there nice and deep like. <laughs> Mama always said. Okay. So, I, I, I'm actually with you guys. Wait, on... what did Mama say? <laughs> I'm with you guys on uh, Sebastian Stan not being a, a great actor, but at the same time, I feel like the Winter Soldier character is never going to be as pivotal as he has been in these last two films. Like oh, he's going to be sidelined big time. Now. That's why, like, I w- I wouldn't bring this up in the Winter Soldier. I wouldn't bring this up in the First Avenger because this movie is Tony Stark saying we need to be checked and we need regulation because this is a political movement that we should probably follow through. And Steve Rogers' answer to that always is, "But Bucky, yeah. uh, <laughs> but Bucky," <laughs> because that's his sole motivation ninety percent of the time. His like, sole motivation. Used to be Peggy, but then she died. Which actually, like with that scene where he actually was looking at his phone, he's like, she passed like away in her sleep. I was like, that actually really hit me hard. Um, I, I hate to derail this because I'm just like on that train of thought with her actual death. I thought it was really interesting how Sharon's Sharon Carter's speech at uh, Peggy's funeral actually echoes like one of the most iconic moments from the actual like comics, which is like. It was Captain America who gave that speech about standing next to the Tree of Liberty or something and saying, like, no, you move, which is actually very dangerous. It's a very dangerous idea. (laughs) It's like there's things that you know, like, if you can bend on something, you should. And the things you can't bend on, don't. I'm just like, how do you know the difference between the two? I'm just imagining Ed Harris from The Rock right now just being like, well, sometimes the Tree of Liberty needs to be refreshed. It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) That that eulogy, by the way, was great Marvel exposition at its best. When Sharon literally, I, I want to say she almost looked at the camera and went, and that's why I never told anybody we were related. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I got to say, though, that that, that scene and the, the death of Peggy Carter really pissed me off because that spoils the TV show. Yeah. Why would I ever watch that? No. Piece of shit. I mean, no, you already know that she's going to die. Oh, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Jesus. You know better than that. Come on, Tucson. I'm not going to fall for that, but like still. Well, no, you it's just not- did. <laughs> you just did. Fuck. I don't understand. It's all over. Uh, I, like, uh, I like Agent Carter. It's a good show. There's nothing. I mean, 
I have to say, canceled, out of every every, I'm not going to explain myself. Out of every female in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she's yeah, the only one. She, she's the only one who has pretty much went from being an afterthought in the first Captain America film to getting her own show, being worked into the Ant Man movie. I mean, she's she. And this is Haley Atwell is a pretty good actress too. So it yeah. was it was she deserves better. Then what? She deserves better than like what she's getting now in like the Marvel universe, where her actual show is about show. See, her show is about to get canceled, and her character just got killed oh, off. Well, I mean that's different. There's than, nothing. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. Like there are plenty of other female characters that deserve better than what they're getting compared to what uh, Haley Atwell. And, and, yeah. and, and that's the problem with with her character, and why. Again, I think I actually mentioned this uh, on another episode, or maybe we were just talking one time. Mm-hmm. And I think I compared her to. Uh, John Kramer from the Saw films because there's like she's there like she's always worked in somehow yeah like you you, you thought oh well we're done with this so we don't need her anymore but they're like wait a minute people like her but after oh she's this in the forties fuck after this movie uh, they they're really gonna have to try time travel baby so what yeah. Nick Fury died Agent Coulson died. No, but she's actually dead because she was an old person. Yeah, but Fury, <laughs> came, Fury not... came back in his own movie, like, yeah. in the same... It's not like they tried to, you know... And Coulson, they had to... They gave him his own show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, before we get to final thoughts and ratings, anything more you guys want to riff on about this movie? It was kind of fun, right? Yeah, it, like, was, it, was, it was kind of fun. It, was, it, just, it really didn't move the needle for me. But I agree. I, Even though I really liked it, I don't think this is a, a needle mover. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of like how that whole like Sokovia Accord storyline was handled. I thought that it could have been a lot more heady and I thought it could be a lot more can, interesting. Can I ask you guys a question? How many needle movers have there been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Zero. Um, I count two, which <laughs> are them. the first Iron Man and the first Avengers. I will agree because, like, the ending of Iron Man, like, people didn't know what the fuck was going on when he just came out and said, like, I'm Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew, like, literally people coming out of the theater, like, how the fuck are they going to make another Iron Man <laughs> film? Like, because it's, it was unprecedented for that time. It reshaped the actual mythos of Iron Man. And the other one you said was... The first Avengers. First Avengers, um... Just because they put they threw all the characters mm-hmm. together and it wasn't bad. Yeah, like that was that that's never happened before. So that I mean it hadn't happened before for that time. So and with those specific characters, mm-hmm. it wasn't like the X Men. I'll or count. Something like this. And I'll, I I know I'm assuming you were going to say Guardians of the Galaxy. I was going to say I have count as two as well, which is the first Iron Man because mm-hmm. it certainly set the entire universe up to be played in and whatnot. And I agree with Toussaint, which is that the final moments just completely blows everything away and just sets up an exciting new path. But yes, I think the second one for me, because I feel like the Avengers would have paved the way no matter how good it was, how bad it was. Like they were, that was them doubling down no matter what. But I think Guardians of the Galaxy is why we have Deadpool, is why we, even if they're not good, but like why we have Ant-Man showing up in this movie, why we have even, I think, Spider-Man. Why we have Doctor Strange. Yeah, so I I definitely think that Black Panther, he would not have been in this movie had I think Guardians of the Galaxy not been an accidental success. How do you guys feel about 
Well, I know what you feel about Winter Soldier, but how do you feel about the whole reveal about S.H.I.E.L.D. being Hydra the whole time? Like, I feel like that was more of an internal universe needle mover simply because it kind of, like, took away, like, one of the most yeah, iconic organizations see, of the Marvel Universe. I guess universe. that one, for me, wasn't really, in, even though I liked the film quite a bit more the second time, yeah. I went through it a couple weeks ago. I don't see how that really impacted this universe. Yeah, I, I feel like it just, I, I couldn't get that interested like, in that aspect of it. You saying that mm. makes me remember that that happened. And yet <laughs> I feel like if it was as big as it's supposed to be, it should be something that should be in the DNA of but, all future movies. But it is actually in the DNA of this film because in the following aftermath of that, like you have like Zemo. Baron Zemo or whatever, like talking to the old Hydra agent saying that, you know, after Black Widow released all of those encoded files about Hydra in order to like flush out like the elements of Hydra that were within S.H.I.E.L.D. So basically Black Widow is the is the Chelsea Manning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's, a, it's in the DNA of the exposition. It doesn't really affect like the world that they live in. I, I think, think it actually does because it affects like whether or not I, I think that also ties into why Steve fundamentally does not trust like going into the Accords because there's that whole tit for tat between Sam Wilson and uh Rhodey Rhodes or whatever where they're talking about whether they should be a part of it and you have like Rhodes um uh Don Cheadle's character being like, Hey man, it's not Shield, it's not the the World Security Council and I'm just like, Are you sure? Like who is the I actually looked up who the fucking World Security Council is and it was just like the definition of it was supposed to be that it's like an elite group of like major politicians from around the world who decided to come together to work as a supervisory okay. board of shield well, but um, are they really that different from the un there's just more I of a the da, more da, clandestine da, version okay, of the okay, un okay okay Ro- colonel rhodes first of all in no universe would ever be on the side that captain america is on because he's isn't he like a he's in the military he's a high ranking military member of yeah. the united states military yeah. so so he's already on board with it i was going to say yeah so, whatever um i guess for me steve rogers spent too much time talking about pens and bucky for me to really think that <laughs> for me to really think pens. that yeah that he doesn't want to break up a set yeah oh yeah oh, yeah but he, he spent too much time on that shit for me to truly because it's not that like i i don't buy into the fact that marvel like it's connecting these movies without repeating plot events, but at the end, at the end of the day, if it was as big as it was, he probably would have mentioned like, "Oh yeah," and have another shield repeat or something like that. Yeah. Like, so the fact that he doesn't mention is either a lazy writing, or because you don't need to explain what happened. But but that's why I just like no, I I don't see that like as I feel like they've forgotten about it already, and it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Not literally forgotten because mm-hmm. I understand that like. Yeah, like he, the villain was able to get the file because of that and whatnot. But like, it, it doesn't seem to ever come up when it should. Only when it doesn't really matter. All this time, like throughout the the first time I was watching the film, when when it would cut to Zemo and he was like on the phone with that that one person, he was listening back to a recording. I didn't know it was a recording at the time. I thought it was like some type of coded conversation, some really weird clandestine conversation. And I'm just like, who is he working for? It's like it turns out he's not working for anybody. He was just like listening back to, on old like voicemails from his and that's wife, actually, whatever. I actually that. That pays off big time for me because the the kid was in the car and he was so excited because he saw Iron Man flying around in the sky and then they get killed by the yeah I guess the island minute, dropping the minute around. in the airport when he's listening to that I said oh okay so he lost his family due to the attacks in somewhere like I I these movies are I think maybe because I don't 
care for them that mm. much. Like, I always take Occam's Razor at face value as mm. far as, like, the simplest answer is the answer. So it that's, usually is in the case of the cinematic universe. Right, and that's Marvel. why I assumed the minute uh, I knew Tony's parents were murdered by Bucky, the minute we have the opening scene be 1991 and coupled with, like, the when I the moment I knew is, and this, this is how little I pay attention to the past movie because I forgot that... Uh, Hank and uh, whatever her name is, but died in a car accident. Martha? Martha. No! Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch! Um, Why did you say that name? <laughs> Hank and uh, Hope Davis, uh, when you see them in the recreation, just the line, oh, and uh, I didn't know about they wouldn't make it to the airport. I said, oh, okay, because they were in the car crash that we saw earlier this movie. So, like, I, I always this just... This movie. Yeah, like, I, I because, like, when I saw that mo- moment and when I saw the moment in the airport, like, I, I always take these at face value because I can't think past them because I can never remember what's happened in previous installments. When you Speaking say the of, moment in the airport, I'm... I'm not so- in the airport. When he... The moment in the recreation... When they're on their way to the airport. No, 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 no. The moment in the recreation mm-hmm. uh, at the MIT yeah. thing, he says the line, and... Like even though they never made it to the airport, and and how would we think that the car in nineteen ninety one was going to the airport? Because I just I, I don't know why, but because that line made me because I'm they like, were, oh, they died in a car accident. They were literally on their way yeah. on a trip, and they were stopping by at the actual like Pentagon. So I I don't think it's a bit that big of a jump. I I agree with you. No, on that. I, I, yeah. I, I guess. I All just, I'm saying I is just, like I didn't pick I, up I on don't that. bring any previous knowledge of these movies and what happened before because I always forget. So because I was faced with opening this movie with a unseen car accident because we don't see who's in it, and yeah. I was like, that's the first tip off that we should know who they are, mm-hmm. not literally, but and then the line. They never made it to the airport. I'm like, okay, they died in a car accident. We've already seen a car accident. There is. I would be surprised if they weren't related. Yeah. So I'm just saying from that line and from the, the whatever, uh, that's when I pretty much knew. And well, you're so smart, smarty pants. I'm usually not. Speaking because, of face value, yeah. how do you feel about – tell us how you feel about Robert Downey Jr.'s like oh, uncanny valley face. I would love to tell you how I feel about it. I think it should die in a fire because I think it's one of the – Grossest use of CGI I think I've ever seen. It's disgusting. Even more grosser uh, than uh, no, than don't, Kevin don't, Kevin don't. Flynn's in Tron Legacy. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't you even think about starting with the thing from The Sopranos because if he tries to go with that, no. <laughs> I I don't think I can. First of all, that actually is not the worst thing because it 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 looks much worse than what they do in in this movie. But that's one of Tony's fucked up dreams. So it's like, hey, why not? Anyway, um. <laughs> It works better here for me for for They're both know, named Tony. Uh, it works better here for me than it does in uh Tron Legacy for one simple reason which is that actually two simple reasons, which is that A, they set the scene in Tron Legacy at night. <laughs> and that makes a big difference when you are not like broad daylight sun beating on your completely CGI face. Uh B You're completely even toned Shaded face. B, the other thing is that in Tron Legacy, it's kind of thematically appropriate. Because he's a fucking computer program. Right, like it's actually the same 
technology used to recreate the Clue programmer. That has mm. been so long since I've actually seen that movie. But yeah. like, so it kind of thematically fits to the point where I'm just like, ah, eh, it's kind of cute, whatever. Not that I think it looks realistic, but no. I'm like, I, I can get into it. Here, I think it's awful. Uh, hmm. I think the technology has progressed. Like, I'm not saying that somehow it like it's so bad or something like that. But you like. <sighs> The fact that it, A, takes place in daylight, so they're really trying to show it off, so to speak. Uh, B, the the other two people in this situation are not CGI. Uh, it's really creepy. And hmm. when he's, like, in the background, it's almost works. Maybe it does work. I don't know. Like I, I, But because he has to walk all the way up into the foreground, lean against the wall, and then practically turn his face to just face the camera like, yeah, look at this technology. Uh, that's when it starts to get fucking creepy. And, hmm. and here's the thing. The reason why it doesn't work, whether the technology has progressed or not, is that we are human beings sitting in this audience. We know what Robert Downey Jr. looks like present day mm-hmm. and what he looked like back then. So because of that, we already have a mental image that we are that's fighting against the mental image of what they're trying to sell us. Like, it's, See, it's... I, I guess I just have a totally different view on that because I'm just like I marveled huh, by, <laughs> by the fact that we've gotten to a point where you can have CGI look somewhat similar to what he sort of looked like when he was younger. Like, let's just take another but example. But you think it looked realistic? Not necessarily, but oh. I think it looked hell of a lot better than anything that could have been done five years ago. I mean, I agree with that. And um, But he's still weirdly... That's fine. Like, he okay. can't have stubble. I let's, mean, he's always got a beard. Let's like talk a... about this, because there's another instance of Marvel doing this when I actually thought it also worked pretty well, and that was with Michael Douglas in the beginning of the Ant-Man film last year, and I also thought that was pretty good. I'll admit this, which is that because I don't really remember the Michael Douglas part, like, I remember when it happened, as far as I know, but that's a scene that happened. Mm-hmm. But because I don't have that image, like, I think it did work, because, and I don't know why, because I'd have to rewatch the scene yeah. to kind of figure it out. But, and maybe this is because it's fresh in my head, but, like, this stuck out to me okay. as weird, creepy, and ultimately, like, too flagrant to pass off as something that's just happening. Like, it looked like a scene of them trying to sell this technology to other studios and not, like, a natural scene. Yeah, I, I guess for me, it's just one step closer to someday having a older character play a younger version of themselves and having it look somewhat good. But we'll see. Maybe not. Maybe we, not. We will. And for some uh, people, obviously, like me, I was just pretty much not blown away, I would say. But I was kind of on board with what they were doing. I was like, holy shit, that actually kind of looks like what younger Robert Downey Jr. looked like. That's what I mean. Like it, it's, it's not that I don't think it looks like. It's not like I look at that and I go, where did they get this? Or where did you they know, get like, this technology? Whatever. But it, it's the fact that he doesn't look right uh, as a human being. Okay. Like, uh, it, it's, it's for some weird reason, like, the rest of his body seems okay, and yet in the face, it, he looks like the the iRobot face, which mm. is like this weird white, barely moving uh, okay. piece of silicone. I, that's we'll, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll agree to disagree a little bit on it. I, I see what you guys are saying, but I'm I'm on a little bit side of different sides. Let's go to final ratings yeah. and final thoughts on Captain America: Civil War, and we will start with Nick. Yeah, as I said earlier, uh, I have a lot of problems with this movie. Even if I can basically say that I was entertained by quite a lot of 
parts of it. Uh, these movies, like, this is what I would consider to be, like, the best that Marvel can do, which I know is going to sound like an insult for me, but it's just as far as, like, I'm never going to be interested in what Marvel tries to do, Marvel Cinematic Universe tries to do and whatever. So it's kind of like, if this is the top of their game... And they're clearly not going, like, I like Guardians of the Galaxy slightly better than this movie because that has all the same plotting problems and character problems, whatever. But it's at least got more jokes and a killer soundtrack that I can just fly through it mm-hmm. easier than I can this two-and-a-half-hour movie that I feel like becomes a slog in the last 40 minutes for me. Yeah. Everything after the airport, not simply because the airport scene is, like, the best scene in the movie probably, but because I feel like then that's just a, like, a, a huge scene that's a prelude to the actual final confrontation. It just goes on forever. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, I have two schools of thought, like I said earlier, which is that I feel like this is like the marvelous movie of all the Marvel movies that's ever been released. So therefore, like I recommend it to people who like Marvel cinematic universe Mm -hmm. movies, people who like these characters, people who just want to see a, an engaging superhero movie, but because these movies are clearly not interested in fixing their camera work in, I think, having much better character work than what they have in here, in treating females with equality, and just all these things that I just wish like they could at least do one of these things. Uh, it's still, these aren't really my thing. So I have to give it two and a half out of five because it splits the difference between how much these aren't for me and yet how much I was still entertained in spite of all the shit that I don't like about them the movie this movie in general and the mcu as a whole so two good stuff right, let's go on to tucson talk about how much you like black panther yeah i did actually <laughs> like black panther but i don't think that black panther was enough to move the needle for me personally um as a whole on this film like i have to echo a lot of the sentiments uh that nick was talking about like i feel like i'm maybe just goes into my own disaffection with with superhero films as of late i just don't feel like it did enough that was that was different enough. I felt like it, it was, it it was kind of like playing at echoing some of the espionage like tone, the mock espionage tone of Winter Soldier with the use of these inner titles and the fact that it was like this world spanning thing. But I don't really feel like it, it, it was kind of window dressing. It was kind of like incidental to the entire like scope of what was actually going on. It wasn't really much of a mystery. I didn't really fucking care yeah. who Zemo was. It it's does, just some dick. It does set up some the, dick, and we've they've done a pretty good job of setting up uh, this being more of a a global thing mm-hmm. throughout because they are so focused on the United States early on in phase one. Yeah. But eventually this will be the earth versus mm. Thanos and his crew. So it, I, I, I'm kind of on board with that part of it, but yeah, in terms of like a espionage type thing, it didn't really work out. I just really didn't appreciate how, even though it's called civil war, even though it's, it's, it hinges on this this ideological like divide between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers that it feels so incidental to the actual like it it just feels like the last straw in this in this slow brewing like conflict between these two like diametrically opposed but complementary like attitudes and I just I I I I feel like I've had more interesting conversations with people about like the whole like Captain America. Tony Stark argument than the film itself was willing to have. And I feel like that's a damn shame because I, I would like to hear more and, and to have seen more of these people actually like talk out their reasons behind this instead of just like reducing themselves to like punching one another. I thought it was, 
That 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 for me me was disappointing. Can I say one more thing? Sure. I forgot to say it. Yeah. Uh, going along with what you're saying, mm-hmm. I was kind of somewhat disappointed that I don't think either Captain or Tony in this movie. Uh, what? No, just go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I I don't because I thought I misspoke or something. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I don't think that either Captain or Tony in this movie ever had a moment that made me look. I would say down on them. Mm-hmm. And so they essentially created the conflict, and and I can understand that conflicts have two sides. Like there's two sides to every truth, or right. really three. There's always whatever the parties bring and the the objective unknowing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But and but yet I I just kind of thought it was a little crazy that like neither one of them went over the line with this. It's always like some of the sub characters that may do that, like when Scarlet Witch does her little like you were pulling your punches, which I didn't quite get. Like was she gonna like kill them? Like. <laughs> No, like, like it, it's just kind of genuinely confusing to me because, like, was that her plan? I mean, she's, like, nobody else was really she's there. Killed to do before, that. and she'll kill again. I guess, but um, yeah, she killed all those helpless people in the uh, thing after. Oh, oh crossbones too. Ugh. But that's in, well, that's crossbones. In, he had no one to blame but himself. He was about to blow himself up. No, no, but I'm just, I'm just saying that that was the that was the staging for the rest of the film. Yeah. Not having a villain because the one villain that people knew was going to appear is killed off 12 minutes in, and that's totally fine because that guy sucks at acting. I forgot to talk about uh, 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 Deadshot's uh, hydraulic panini press, like Rock'em Sock'em robot gauntlets. Ooh? Yeah, what Dead are you talking shot. about? Who's Dead, Deadshot? Deadshot's the character in DC. I'm sorry. Yeah. What, what the fuck is his name? Crossbones? Yeah, yeah. Crossbones. Yeah. I like those. those those little hydraulic like uh, punchers that he had that was that was that was pretty neat but yeah i thought that the i i superheroes as of late in their in their entire narratives have sort of been kind of like a a parable a parable of like american interventionism and i felt like this could have been one of those points where they could actually like have it talked about that and like brought that more to the center but they didn't and i was really disappointed by that so how long was this film two and a half hours so i'm gonna have to like give it two and a half out of five. I was actually going to judge it off of that. I was actually going to give it that score beforehand. It just it was a convenience. It was just coincidence. So if this was five hours I'm long. I'm confused. <laughs> no, I was – I, I I, that was a coincidence. You, like you, but I made a bad joke. Fuck. Let me live. <laughs> Can nope. I live? Well, no, because I just genuinely like – so the joke was that – that it was two and a half that hours. It, that so it just so get... happened to match along with my, but with then, my like, original but, score. But the problem you, you is you followed that. No, no, no. But the problem is you followed that with like, but that's just a coincidence. Yeah, it is a coincidence. Like, Sorry. But it's not a coincidence. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. You know what? Fuck it. Just just strike it from the record. I give this a two and a half out of five. I really Good. wanted to give it a three out of five, but I just I, I, I just I just can't commit to that. It's, it's an okay film. It's a middle-of-the-road film. You'll enjoy it. Like obviously, it's it's one of it's again one of the best films that Marvel's come out in recent memory. But that's not really saying a lot compared to like Ant Man and some other shit like that. So, yeah. I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's a quite good superhero film, especially for me. For a, being a superhero fan, uh, this really had everything that I could want in a superhero film, minus some issues I had with it, which included the high speed photography. And also to some plot points that weren't that great. Uh, I, I didn't get into this because I, I don't need to have this argument with Toussaint because he was a somewhat minor character. But I, I didn't love everything with Black Panther in this film. That's all right. Yeah, it's because 
again, he was in that weird space that he I didn't was, like everything about him either. Really? Yeah. No, I wouldn't have gotten that from the way we were talking about him earlier. No, but what I'm saying is that he was in kind of a weird place where he hasn't been completely introduced as a like a a character with a complete arc, but yet he wasn't just a, a Ant Man, Spider Man throw into this film. He was in kind of a, a weird place, so it was hard to really get a a great gauge on his character. So that was a little weird, but it's not like I hated him or anything like that too. But for the most part, I thought this film was funny. I thought there was cool action set pieces. I thought the characters were interesting for the most part throughout. And I I kind of got into most of the storyline, even if some of it was a little bit over the top and a little bit overdone for me. So yeah, four out of five for me. I, this was a fun film that I enjoyed watching both times. I did not feel like it was too long and I'll be fine when it comes out first day on Blu-ray because I, I just liked it. And I'm I'm glad that this is the last film we're going to see with all these characters before the Infinity Wars instead of Age of Ultron because I feel like this is a much better bridge to there than that was because that was just so much setting up for everything where this is just showing, hey, we can do solo movies that have connection to other parts of the universe, but can also support their own story in some way, shape or form. So yeah. four out of five for me for Captain America civil war. And um, I'm, I'm happy with that. Cool. So on our next episode, we're going to be going back and looking at a film uh, from eight years ago, I believe, which is uh, a film called in Bruges, which if you haven't seen it, it is on Netflix and it is quite an excellent flick. Uh, and it stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, so, if you want to voice your opinion on In Bruges or Captain America Civil War, any film really, you can always find us at filmtankshow at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at filmtankshow. And if you want to listen to this episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find them on filmtankshow.com or on iTunes or Stitcher. So from Nick Cheney to Son Egan, myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much as always for listening to this episode of Film Tank. And we'll catch up with you next time.